Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. I'd like to welcome everyone back to our discussion on real crime, true crime in Suffolk County. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Ray Tierney is our very special guest. He's a candidate for district attorney, longtime prosecutor. and he is uh, he is running against incumbent the the uh, the champion early champion of bail reform vocal champion wrote a uh, a wonderful well if you want to call it that um, uh, op-ed along with Madeline uh, Madeline Singus this is Tim Sinney I'm talking about the the current DA and uh, and in favor of bail reform if you can believe that and it was uh, he said right right on uh, on the first opening and the opening of of that letter and i'm paraphrasing um we are in favor of transferring to a cashless bail system and then they talked about how it's uh, it's important to get uh, poor people out of jail without them putting any money champion of bail reform tim sinney uh and you know he may have to pay for that uh those statements and and other statements uh on november 2nd the guy running against him is tim uh, i'm sorry is ray tierney and he is a longtime prosecutor and a u.s attorney's office in the eastern district and uh, Kings County, Brooklyn, uh, as a uh, as a prosecutor over there, and one of the top folks in a very complicated uh, uh, um, uh, situation there in the city, working hand in hand with the uh, New York City NYPD, and uh, and started out life as a prosecutor here in Suffolk County. Frank McKay here, welcoming Ray Tierney back. Ray, how are you? Hi, Frank. Thanks for having me. Uh, let me let me ask you to do a little comparison between you and your opponent. And by the way, I, I'm going to say it again. I, I invite him on often and, and I, I invited him on uh, to speak the night of the debate. He ran out of there kind of embarrassed and he was mad at me for even approaching him. But uh, Tim Sinney, if you'd like to get equal time, we'd like to give it to you. I'd like to invite you on and, and you can answer any of these things that, that are being said. But Ray, since you are here and, and you're you're always uh, making yourself available, I, let's do a little bit of a comparison between what, what you've done as a prosecutor, what uh, and what Tim Sinney claims to have have been doing uh, as a prosecutor, and as far as we know, uh, he he may not have ever prosecuted the case. Uh, give us a little comparison, if you if you would. Well, I mean, I think you know, I think the the background is is I think fairly well established at this point that I've I've tried a number of cases, not only in the gang. Uh, not only with MS-13, uh, but I've, I've prosecuted in uh, a number of uh, Colombian drug cartel cases, white-collar crime cases, political corruption cases involving all of the three main parties in Suffolk County. I did, um, uh, you know, I did uh, child exploitation cases, computer crime cases. Uh, so, you know, I've put in the work, and, and I, as I've said, you know, uh, 
he was a federal prosecutor for four years, and, and there's a record of what you do. I can't see any uh, cases. Uh, I, I, I can't. He might have tried one case that I can see. Certainly nothing of significance. Not no murder cases. You know, and I've asked him to um, you know uh, in, in, uh, to illuminate us on on this subject and let us know uh, what they are. But but we haven't been able to find anything. So so he has no actual. Uh, experience and you know not having any actual practical experience surprise surprise has ramifications and the biggest one of the biggest areas where i see that, that this is occurring is when it comes to gang prosecutions because not only did i prosecute the ms13 on long island but i also prosecuted uh, uh, street gangs in brooklyn as an executive assistant district attorney running their gang program and you know the way you do it is you marry all of their acts of violence you investigate uh and you classify and you figure out which individuals are responsible for it who they conspired with and then you take large gang conspiracy cases you marry the violence to the gang conspiracy cases because it's the violent acts which carry the, the large prison sentences and you put together these large gang conspiracy cases um, that's what I've done my whole career and that's something that the district attorney's office has been unable to do you're hearing the voice of Ray Tierney, candidate for district attorney here in Suffolk County. Frank McKay here with Ray. And, you know, look, when you when you look at the comparisons, I mean, even and Tim Sinney himself, you know, he, he says, I can't uh, I don't know how he worded it, but I I don't have the experience you have. Uh, I'm a CEO. He he said that, which is, you know, you, you brought it up one time when we, we spoke recently, like uh, like you're not supposed to be a CEO when you're the district attorney. You're supposed to you know, you're not supposed to be profiting or you're not supposed to be making your your company profit. You're supposed to be keeping people safe. Uh how safe should we feel? I mean, I don't feel safe with the, with somebody who's just just a pure politician with no experience being there. We've we have horrible examples all over the place of people that keep getting out. Uh, how safe should we feel with him in there? Well, I think you know you have the issues where, uh, notwithstanding the disaster that is bail reform, there are still violent cases where you can seek bail, you can indict, and you could go forward. Uh, they're not doing that, uh, and and people are not being prosecuted, and um, you know people are getting hurt as a result of that. And you know we've we've talked about that with uh, you know the Franny Espinal murder, um, the individual who was responsible for that had previously uh, been arrested for a gun case, uh, violent crime, three and a half to 15 years. You could, you could seek bail. You could indict. You could move forward with the case. 20 days later, that same individual strangles a young woman. Um, again, that's a violent case. You could seek bail. Uh, and what you should have done, what he should have done is he should have indicted the initial case and then had his bail revoked on the initial case. It's done. He's back in jail. But because they, did, they, they didn't indict the first case, um, and not only did they not indict the first case, they indicted the second case. He got out ROR on the second case, uh, and five months later, uh, he was allowed. Uh, he was left out and able to uh, meet up, unfortunately, with 22-year-old Franny Espinal, and he strangled her. And this time, he didn't stop, and um, and she 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 was murdered. So, uh, 
So that's just but one example. But in the gang context, what you're talking about is, uh, um, you know, we're being gaslit by our leaders uh, because they're obsessed with stats. And notwithstanding the fact that everyone knows that that um, the violence in Suffolk County has increased, they want to keep on telling us that it's not, it hasn't. And they want to keep on saying that uh, we we are uh, crime uh, levels are at the lowest it's been in recorded history, which is nonsense. But one of the ways you artificially keep crime statistics low is if someone fires a gun and you don't do anything about it, well, then it never happened. So um, they've let uh, shot spotter lapse. So now in, you know, every, and just about every night in, in uh, you know, communities such as Windanch, Huntington Station, um, uh, Brentwood, CI, but not even Northport, um, you know, Port Jefferson, uh, guns are being fired. Um, but they're not being investigated. So what, what you need to do is you need to develop a um, a gang unit, uh, a centralized gang unit that's going to work with um, both investigators and uh, assigned district attorneys to be assigned these particular uh, gangs that are causing the violence. And as soon as, uh, and I'm going to use forfeiture funds to uh, purchase, uh, you know, to, to reactivate ShotSpotter, and and uh, every time that a gun is fired, there's going to be a response because what happens is when you get out there, you get the ballistic evidence, you go out, you pull any video that you can, and there's always a lot of video. Uh, you see if you can get uh, cars, you do search warrants, and you begin to, you, you might not be able to solve the case then, but you catalog it. And then maybe three, uh, a couple of weeks later, months later, whatever it is, you get a break in the case. And not only do you solve one case, but you solve seven or eight, and then you string those seven or eight cases together and that's where the big murder conspiracy cases come in i'm sorry the big gang cases uh gang conspiracy cases come in uh, that's what i've been able to do with my career and they can't do that uh because they really uh you know they, they lack the the ability because they've never done it before and they don't have an experienced leader um telling them how to do it Longtime prosecutor Ray Tierney is the voice you're hearing. Frank McKay here with uh, Ray Tierney running against, uh, you know, one of the early champions of bail reform, um, uh, you know, liberal Democrat. And by the way, there's nothing I'm not putting down liberal Democrats, but he's a liberal Democrat. Uh, Tim Sinney uh, running against uh, Ray, uh, Ray Tierney or Ray's running against the incumbent, I should say. And he is backed by the Republican and conservative parties i right let me ask you this talk about the three you know i keep mentioning the the u.s attorney's office eastern district uh king's county in in brooklyn where you worked hand in hand with the nypd and and of course you started out uh, your career it sounds uh, to me it sounds like you started out here in suffolk county can you draw comparisons between the three and how different all the three different jobs that you've had uh, or, or is prosecuting prosecuting? No, I mean, I think they're very different. And I think that's one of, uh, you know, the little experience that um, the district attorneys had has been as a federal prosecutor. And it's a totally different practice. And what happens is normally something happens, uh, like say there's murders and they go unsolved. Um, and um, you develop a cooperator and um, the FBI brings the cooperator in, they provide you with information, and years later, you're able to uh, make a case, and these are, these are, these are bigger cases. Um, so 
they're, they're, they're really good because you, you get really bad people off the streets for significant sentences. The only downside to a federal prosecution as opposed to a state prosecution is it takes a long time. And I, I think that's something that the district attorney's office now doesn't really realize. And what, what you have to be as a state court prosecutor, you have to be incredibly agile uh, because every second that you keep people on the streets, that's another second that another person could get hurt. So I use the, the instances and, you know, gang violence, there's a there's an ebb and flow to it. It usually starts out with shooting back and forth. And if that's not being prosecuted, if there's not a sanction for that, the, the, the various rival gangs get more and more bold until, uh, unfortunately, it, it results in uh, the death of a rival or, or an innocent bystander. So what you need to do is you need to, to, to immediately investigate the case. And that's where ShotSpotter comes in. Once the shot's fired, you go out into the community and you begin your investigation from that point on and what you're looking to do is you're not looking for a splashy press conference you're not looking to leave these guys out on the streets till you could get you know 20 30 40 50 and say oh look we took 50 guys off the street if there's two guys or one guy that's really dangerous get him off the street um and also don't have a press conference because you know that you 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 arrest that individual Right. And nobody necessarily has to know about it. Certainly not the public. You continue to, to work the case, develop witnesses, develop informants, develop evidence. And perhaps you could return to that same individual and you could say, listen, you know, this is what you're looking at. I, I really think that you should look at your options and, and decide whether or not you want to cooperate with us. And if they cooperate with, you know, if they decide to cooperate, well, then you keep on building the case. But if you have a splashy, splashy press conference in the beginning, the the um, avenues of cooperation are are eliminated, and and the other the other thing I would say is you know I've done enough cases in my life uh, I don't need to do any more cases so you know my goal with regard to uh, you know my office uh, the district attorney's office when I become the district attorney is we're going to make cred credible cases and if the the federal authorities want to come in. And they want to take those cases from us, and they want to use that as as predicates for massive uh, uh, gang conspiracy cases uh, in federal court, where the the resources are better, the laws are better. Uh, let's you know, be uh, be my guest. I will be more than happy. Uh, and you could have your your pre uh, and, and the feds could have their press conference. And you know, I don't even need to be indicted. I just need to know that these dangerous people have been taken off the streets. You know, you you kind of. You kind of stole my thunder there. I was going to ask you to differentiate between the local level of a DA's office and and the resources or the the um, the assets that the federal prosecutors would have to uh, to work with. I mean, how is it night and day? It's it's, it's you know. So really, basically, what you have is you know. Um, you know, you have the the resources of of the U.S. Attorney's Office. Obviously, the the prosecutors are outstanding in in, in the Eastern District of New York. My former colleagues, um, and uh, you have uh, you know you have uh, the the. The members of the task force are great. The FBI agents are great. Um, you have a witness security program. You have all these things that you can you can offer. Um, what the state has is the state has the street 
the, 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 the cops on the local level, they know the streets. They know the players. Uh, they've been working in those streets for 10 years, and that's where you get the generational things. They know the, they know the, 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 the people on the street, the, the kids, the, the parents, uh, so they could really help with, with intelligence, and they could really help get uh, cases started. And when I, we were in Brooklyn, um, you know, unfortunately, I had to leave to, to run for office. But we were really we got a lot of our AUSAs cross endorsed as gang prosecutors, and we were really starting to work those those uh, cases and build them into larger conspiracies. And that's that's what I'm going to seek to do in in, uh, in, in um, Suffolk County. And I can tell you, when I was a federal prosecutor. And we were doing all of those MS-13 cases, upwards of uh, 50 murders, hundreds of MS-13. We were a self-controlled entity. We had a task force. We worked within the task force. Uh, we didn't get any uh, help from uh, the district attorney's office at the time. Uh, and we certainly didn't get any help from uh, um, was, uh, Tim Sinney, who was, who was commissioner at the time. He was appearing, um, standing before helicopters, uh, talking about how he was he was coming for MS-13 members, which again, uh, completely irresponsible as we saw, because you know a couple of days after that press conference, uh, the four young men were butchered in the park in, in Central Islip. So obviously, the MS-13 was not impressed with uh, Tim Sinney's uh, show of force for the for uh, the press. What the MS-13 was impressed by, and what what they were affected by, was the FBI. And myself and the other prosecutors in the Eastern District of New York doggedly prosecuting one after the other and, and giving them sentences or, 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 or creating sentences which resulted in them pleading to uh, sentences of 30, 40, 50, 60, life imprisonment, uh, those types of sentences. That's what impresses uh, the uh, MS-13, the results. Well, let me ask you this. It's a perfect leading. And, and again, Ray Tierney, if uh, you're just joining us, Ray Tierney is a longtime uh, federal prosecutor and uh, local prosecutor, Frank McKay, here with Ray. Uh, perfect leading. I'm reluctant always to ask you about LISC because, of course, you're going to be, if, if you're successful on November 2nd, you would be the guy that would be in charge. So I don't want you to. I don't want to ask you, and and uh, and and you have to watch what you say here. But uh, how how would you handle and and without uh, you know compromising anything? How would you handle a list situ situation? I mean, uh, do you uh, do you come in and just kind of forget what they did, or do you try to find out what they've been doing? How do you go into LISC? Well, I mean, I think what, what, what first off, what you have to do is you have to look at the realities of the situation. You have to, you know, unfortunately for the families and the victims in this case, this this that um, that whole situation, you know, sort of came to the, the consciousness of, of the public as uh, the, the law enforcement scandals were, were erupting with uh, you know, the, the ex-chief of police. Um, so there's a lot of um, perception out there. And, and, you know, I don't think there's, you know, in that Gilgo Beach, in that, that Oak Beach uh, section, there was some untoward behavior being, you know, having occurred with regard to law enforcement officials and, and public officials. Now, you know, with regard to, you know, Women and, and parties, and and what if anything that has to do with Lisk, um, you know, 
who knows? Uh, you know, certainly as an outsider, I have no idea. But the only reason why I raise it is because you know, perception becomes reality. So that's and we've had a, you know a bunch of um, um, you know, podcasts and movies you know regarding what what may or may not ha- have happened down in, in um, with, with regard to Lisk. So uh, you know, as a prosecutor, perception becomes reality. So you have to deal with that. So the first thing that you do, uh, and there is a perception out there that because of what has happened in the past. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not unfounded that you know uh, law enforcement really um, you know was 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 uh, corrupt and self dealing in, in certain instances. So really, you have to play against that perception. And the way you play against that perception, what the the current district attorney is doing is he's taken that case, he's kicked out um, any investigators from the FBI. Um, they have a very uh, peripheral role in it. Uh, he's 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 gotten rid of the experienced, the most experienced detectives in the Suffolk County Homicide Bureau, um, and then he's taken he's taken the case file itself and he's moved it into his own office and he's having his assistants uh, perform the role of being uh, investigators in this case, which is you know really it's it's, it's insane that that's not what they're trained to do. They don't conduct an investigation the way an investigator do does, and more importantly, they don't document their steps the way a trained investigator would do. So the 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 the, the, the end result of all of that is, you know, if there is a result, uh, no one is going to have a lot of confidence in it. So so what you need to do is instead of being less internally transparent, you have to be more internally transparent. So the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to bring the FBI back. Uh, we're going to bring, uh, you know, whatever other uh, federal agencies want to talk about it. We're going to bring the, uh, we're going to bring the uh, Suffolk County homicide back in in a meaningful way, and all in a meaningful way. We're going to take that 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 uh, file. We're going to remove it from the district attorney's office. We're going to put it into a central investigator's office where it belongs, and we're going to work the case collaboratively. But we're going to. You know, we're going to, to try to work it to, to such a point where we can develop a law enforcement consensus because everyone, when you make that arrest, everyone's going to say, oh, my God, it's Suffolk County business as usual. Can you believe this? So when, when we solve that case, at the again, I don't need to be at that point. But when we solve the case, we're going to have FBI at that podium. We're going to have, you know, say state police and, and, and all these other entities. And so we can say, listen, this is this is the best and brightest that 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 these various agencies in both the state and federal level had to offer. And this is the consensus with what we came up with. And here's the steps that we took to get there. And we look forward to, to proving the case in court um, as opposed to having. Uh, you know, a a, a a cloistered and closed investigation in the D- district attorney's office where uh, those investigative steps aren't going to be as easily or readily seen. You're, you're sort of buying into the, the conspiracy theories. Uh, so you got to accept what, what perception is. You got to accept that if, for the purposes of investigating it, perception is reality. And you got to, you got to, you know, uh, a- anticipate uh, the line of attack of the defense, because the line of the attack of the defense is going to be this. Ha- this is uh, a conspiracy uh, to to uh, because of the corruption that has gone on in the past. This is a conspiracy to frame my poor guy. I, and just if you're you're listening, this is why I've taken such an interest in Ray Tierney 
as a candidate. And uh, again, we will not get that answer from uh, from Tim Sinney. And, and, you know, the, the other thing that you do, Frank, and, and you know, I've been talking to victims and, you know, uh, whether it's uh, you know, Thomas Valva's mom, whether it's the, the, the victims of, of, of the Lisk killing um, or, you know, mur- you know uh, um, mothers from wine dance who've lost their children, um, you know, it's. A, a gut-wrenchingly painful thing uh, to lose uh, someone that you love. Uh, and it's so much more gut-wrenchingly painful when, when it's um, as a result of a murder and that person is young. So, you know, you've got to um, try your best to, um, you know, facilitate healing with, with, with the victims, but also provide a bridge for them, provide a means by which they can feel as though they're part of the process. Now, of, of course, you can't disclose your investigative steps, but you could, you could treat um, victims, uh, you know, murder victims' families or, or crime victims' family with some, some basic dignity uh, and try to give them some respect and, and not treat them as though they are bothering you. And, you know, one thing that I see from this district attorney's office is, and it's, it's similar to what's going on with bail and criminal justice reform, especially pol- parole reform, which, uh, you know, uh, in, again, three years from now, uh, Tim Sinney will be against parole reform, but right now he's, he's, he's hiding on his desk. He's not saying anything. But, you know, let's, let's help these families. Let's, let's bridge the gap. And, you know, I've dealt with families, crime victims before. They're often angry. Uh, they're often angry at me, but, you, you know, and that's fine. You have to be professional. And you, notwithstanding that anger, which, which is, is very understandable and sometimes well-founded, but it doesn't matter. It, you have to try to help these families. That's your obligation as a prosecutor. Ray Tierney, uh, and those listening and just hearing him for the first time will realize why I was so excited about his candidacy. I've only known him for, I don't know, 10 weeks or 12 weeks, but uh, we are not going to get a, a solve uh, case uh, with Tim Sinney as DA. I mean, he must uh, he'd lose in order for it to happen. Uh, the only other way is, uh, you know, the feds coming in on their own and whatever. But if anyone listening out there wants a, wants a solution, wants a, uh, a solved or a, a true investigation of list, Ray Tierney must win the election on November 2nd. Uh, Tim Sinney, the champion of bail reform and the, uh, and the former boss of Jimmy Burke, who did nothing after Jimmy Burke uh, beat up Christopher Loeb and while he was in handcuffs and, uh, you know, the, the man who had no, who's never tried a case, a uh, man who was not a law enforcement uh, in, in, member in any way became the commissioner. There's no way that we get anything solved in the Long Island serial killer with Tim Sinney. Frank McKay signing off. Ray Tierney has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. Breaking It Down.